With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What's good, boys and girls? Two-footed podcast on Monday, the 24th of October. Brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geoblocked from, while also keeping your data safe. Go to LibertyShield.com right now. Use the code EPL25. That's EPL25 to get 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you can find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 to get 10% off at checkout. Right, folks, before I start, I must remind you all to listen to the EPL Roundtable podcast hosted by Kevin DeVries. You'll find that by searching EPL Roundtable on your podcast provider. And make sure you're checking out A Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa on this feed. Comes out before every match day. He's introduced a new feature. It's like a power rankings. First one was last week. It's quite good. Keeping an eye on the players who are trending up and putting in the best performances this season. So do check that one out. Right, uh, we had nine games in the Premier League. Um, we'll start with the early kickoff on Saturday. I, I think it was cancelled. I think the game was just called off. I think that's all that happened there. Uh, no, Nottingham Forest, bottom of the table, Nottingham Forest beat Liverpool 1-0. Um, Teo Iwanagi with the only goal of the game on 55 minutes. Forest deserved the win. Neither team played particularly well. 
But Forrest worked much harder, wanted it much more, and Liverpool were just a shambles. From minute one to minute 94, a shambles. So congrats to Forrest. It's a very, very good three points. And, and an example of why I think they'll be fine this season. An example of why I think Steve Cooper will keep them up. Because he will get them to graft. He will make them harder to beat than they have been. And once he stops playing Steve Cook, I think the level will go up. Now, credit to him, Steve Cook had a good game at the weekend because Liverpool allowed him to have a good game. Same thing with Aurier. Excuse me, at right back. Liverpool allowed them to look good by being so desperate themselves. Um, Forest have three games left in the league before the international break. Those are Arsenal away. That's obviously a very tough game. Brentford at home, that's a winnable game. Then they play Tottenham in the Cup. They should look to bow out of that and focus in on the league. And then it is Crystal Palace at home. That's two winnable games. Brentford and Palace are winnable games at home for them. They should be looking to take no less than four points from those two games, which would be four points from three games, which, if they can continue to do, should be enough over the course of the season. With the extra wins they'll pick up against teams that are a lower calibre than those uh, than those three. Moving on then, Everton 3, Crystal Palace 0. Really good win for Everton. Dominic Calvert-Lewin on 11 minutes, Anthony Gordon on 63, uh, 63 and Dwight McNeil on 84. Really good to see Calvert-Lewin back and scoring, though you ask very, very big questions about the performance of Mark Wehi on that goal and the goalkeeping. Um Gordon's was a tap-in. The McNeil goal was a very nicely worked goal between himself and Awobi. But again, you'd be asking questions about why he was allowed to carry the ball 25 yards without anybody closing him down. Uh, I suppose the game was practically over then. It was the 84th minute. They were 2-0 up. And Palace had probably just switched off and were just looking to get home. But still, uh, poor from Palace. Really, really poor from Palace, who had some half-decent moments in the game but didn't really trouble Everton all that much. Good win for Everton. They move up to 11th in the league. Now, it means very little, considering there are still only four points outside the relegation zone. They're one place ahead of Palace in the league. Um, And coming up for Everton, they have Fulham away, Leicester at home, and then Bournemouth away in the league. With a trip to Bournemouth in the Cup, four days before that league match. That's a difficult enough run. Fulham away is going to be very tough because Fulham are playing well. You just don't know what Leicester are going to turn up. And Bournemouth have a lot of fight about them. And like they're not a particularly good team, but they've done fairly well under Gary O'Neill, much better than anyone expected, to the point where there's no real talk about who their next manager will be. It may just be Gary O'Neill's job now, uh, unless they go on a bad run, which you know could possibly happen. Um, Everton just need to keep picking up points. 
13 from 12 games over the course of a season keeps you up just about. But it's it's not good enough for Everton Football Club. But again, they look at 11th in the table and think that's that's good for where we are right now. But I would look at it as your four points ahead of Leeds, who are 18th. I would look at the fact that if West Ham, who are 17th, win tonight, they will go ahead of you and Brentford and drop you down two spots. So that's what I would be looking at, or one spot. They dropped to 12th. That's what I'd be looking at, is just how condensed that all is. One bad run will see you drop right into the bottom three, as we're seeing with other teams at the minute. Um, For Palace, they'll be hugely disappointed by their performance. They need to get themselves back on track. Now, they will take solace in the fact that they have a game in hand on a couple of teams above them. And that they are a young team that were missing one or two important players the weekend and, and should hopefully be able to bounce back. They get Southampton at home next, then West Ham away, and then that trip to Crystal Palace. Uh, they've got Newcastle away in the cup in between. Again, like with Forrest, I kind of feel like four points. And then Everton as well. Four points would be a decent enough return from those games. I should have mentioned that Liverpool's next three league games are, Le- are Leeds at home, Tottenham away, and Southampton. Liverpool need to take seven points from that regardless, uh, but they don't deserve to be mentioned anymore. They've also got Ajax on Wednesday, Napoli the week after in the European Cup, and then Derby in the uh, League Cup. Um, moving on then to our third game, Manchester City 3, Brighton 1. Uh, two from Erling Haaland and one from Kevin De Bruyne after Leandro Trossard had gotten Brighton back into the game. Not the most convincing performance from City. Now, once they went 2-0 up, it did feel like they just sort of let their foot off the gas a little bit. The first goal was a little bit controversial because Haaland does shove Adam Webster in the back. There's no doubt that that's what happens, but he was probably going to get to the ball anyway, so it makes little or no difference. Uh, but Haaland is obviously an absolute freak of nature. Um, City are second in the league, two points behind Arsenal, and are going to run away with the league this year. They've got Dortmund next in the Champions League. The league game's coming up before the break. Leicester away, Fulham at home, Brentford at home. Any less than nine points, and they'll be hugely disappointed in themselves. They've also got Sevilla in the European Cup and Chelsea in the League Cup in what should be an interesting enough game. But their league uh, schedule over the next three games is is very, very favourable to them. Um, Brighton, five games under the Zerbi, no wins yet, three defeats. But it's not like they've had the easiest run of things. They got Liverpool, they got Tottenham and they got City in that run. They were away to Brentford in that run. The only one they'll be hugely disappointed with is the Forest game. Um, Coming up, they get Chelsea at home, then Wolves away, and then Villa at home. So those are all going to be tough games because Chelsea, obviously, one of the better teams in the league. Wolves are going to be scrapping against relegation and may well have a new manager by then and could get that new manager bounce. And the same thing goes for Aston Villa who will probably have a new manager in by then. It looks like Ruben Amorim uh, is the the first choice and 
I'm so excited to see him in the Premier League. Uh, they've also got um, Arsenal away in the League Cup, which again is another tough game. So it's not the easiest start for the Zerbi, but because they made such a good start to the season, they're still in the top half, 15 points. They're ninth in the league. And if you've given them, you know, you'll be one point behind Liverpool after 11 games. I think they'd have taken it. I really do. Uh, they probably would have thought that would have meant they were third, but it is what it is. Um, moving on then, Chelsea won, Manchester United won. Bit of a dour game, this one, to be fair. Uh, a Jorginho penalty on 87 after Scott McTominay just kind of lost the run of himself. And then a Casemiro header on 94 that, again, you'd be looking for better from your defenders if you're Chelsea in that one. Uh, draw was probably the fair result, to be to be totally honest. I thought Potter made some strange decisions in the game. Um, but I thought it was a very big and a very brave move to bring on Kovacic for Cucurella after 36 minutes in reaction to the fact that United had started the game as the better team and were sort of dominant in the middle of the park. But I don't really understand why you'd bring him off and not Ben Chilwell. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Chelsea dropped to fifth in the table. They're level on points with Newcastle. Newcastle have a better goal difference. Coming up for Chelsea, they get Salzburg tomorrow. They get Brighton next weekend, as I mentioned. Then Dinamo Zagreb at home in the European Cup. Then a big one. Then they face Arsenal. And that is going to be a big one. That is at Stamford Bridge. Then it's City away in the Cup. And then Newcastle away in the league. So those last three, that's really difficult. Especially the form the tune are in. So that's a that's a difficult run for Chelsea. Uh, United are sixth, one point behind Chelsea. They play Sheriff Tiraspol. Then they get West Ham at home. So that's going to be tough. Real Saucy that away. Then it's two games against Villa. One at home and one away in the league, one at home in the cup. And again, Villa will have a new manager by the looks of things. So they could get that bounce. And then a trip to Fulham. And all I want is Mitrovic, Mitrovic to be fit. It's all I want for that game. Because if he is, it becomes a really interesting game. If he's not, United go there and win comfortably. If he is, United should still win the game. But he will cause them massive amounts of problems. Now... Bad news for United at the weekend was the injury to Raphael Varane. And based on his reaction and the reaction of everybody, uh, that may well be World Cup gone for Raphael Varane. So that's a big blow for United to be without him for a run of games. Huge blow for him to miss what was probably going to be his last World Cup. And a big blow for France as well, who could be losing him on top of Kante, and obviously there's question marks over Pogba as well, um, who's obviously much better for France than he is for his club teams. Uh, so France could be facing a little bit of an injury crisis as we head towards the World Cup. Um, Wolves nil, Leicester four. Yuri Thielemans with an early contender for goal of the season. Harvey Barnes on 19. James Madison continuing his great form. 
on 65 and Jamie Vardy on 79. Leicester had five shots in the game, four on target and scored with every single one of them. Wolves were appalling. Appalling. And Wolves need to get a new manager in and it needs to happen really quickly. It really does. Because that's a team that looked completely lost at the weekend. This 4-2-3-1 with Matthias Nunes playing as a 10 is a complete waste of him. He's far too advanced. You're taking away his best attribute, which is dropping deep, picking the ball up off his defence and carrying it forward. I don't understand the logic in this at all. Um, Joe Matinho looks a little bit washed to me. I'm going to say that now. Um, they need to get a manager in. If it's Sean Dyche, then it's Sean Dyche. Dyche is a good manager. Dyche will get you out of this mess. Wolves will not go down if they appoint Sean Dyche. Coming up for Wolves in their next few games, they currently sit 19th in the league, nine points, same as Forest, same as Leeds, four defeats in five. Uh, Brentford away won't be easy. Brighton at home definitely won't be easy. Leeds away in the cup and then Arsenal at home in their last game before the World Cup break. So that's a tough run for them. That's a really tough run for them. They're going to have to find points there somehow. Or they might go into the World Cup break bottom of the league. Which is an outrage considering the talent they have available. Um, As far as Leicester go, they jump from bottom where they went after Forest won against Liverpool to 16th, which just goes to show you how tight this league is. Um, It is obviously now back-to-back wins for Leicester. They get Man City next. So we'll see. We'll see how they stand. Then it's Everton away, Newport in the Cup, neither here nor there, and then West Ham away. So that's a tough run to go into this World Cup break-off. And there are games to come out of it. Newcastle, Liverpool and Fulham. If Rodgers is still in charge, he might not be after that. My assumption is Rodgers goes during the break. I could be wrong. Maybe they can't afford the second. And if that's the case, then Leicester fans should be very, very concerned about what's going on with their club. Aston Villa 4, Brentford 0. Aston Villa 4, Brentford 0. Leon Bailey on two minutes, Danny Ings on seven and a penalty on 14, and then Ollie Watkins on 59. By far the best Aston Villa performance in the last 12 months and probably longer. Villa were rampant. Brentford looked completely shell-shocked by what took place in the first 15 minutes. Big decision made by the caretaker manager. He dropped Captain John McGinn, which needed to happen. McGinn had been awful all season. Uh, He dropped Jacob Ramsey, which was a bit of a surprise, but Buendia played really well. He played Leon Bailey, a left-footed left winger, as a left winger. He played Ollie Watkins on the right. He played Ings through the middle. Somebody said that's the first time that... Bailey, Buendia and Ings have started together, which is mental. They were bought over a year ago. They were bought to replace Jack Grealish. That's the first time they've started together. That's insanity. Now, I know when Dean Smith was there, 
there was some injury issues uh, for Bailey and Ings. But Gerard went an entire year, well, almost an entire year, without playing the three of them together. Villa looked so much better with actual width in their team. Really a bad look for Steven Gerrard, that game. Really, really a bad look. Uh, Villa move up to 14th in the league. Coming up next is a trip to Newcastle. That's going to be tough. Uh, then United at home, United away in the Cup and Brighton. So that's a very difficult run. And it's a tough start for whatever manager comes in. Now, like I say, it looks like it may well be Ruben Amaran. Um, and I'm a huge fan. Absolutely huge fan. I'm so excited to see what he can do in the Premier League. Because the work he's done at... Um, the work he's done at Sporting has been incredible. Now, apparently Pochettino turned them down. I think that's quite arrogant by him. What job are you going to get, son? Juventus, maybe? Best of luck. Best of luck. Um, I think Amram would be a phenomenal appointment for, for Villa. And while many Liverpool fans got really excited when they appointed Gerrard of, oh, this is the guy, this guy could replace Klopp. Gerard was never going to be good enough to replace Klopp. This guy, this guy might be. This guy might be the one who puts himself in prime position to replace Jurgen Klopp if he does well at Villa. Because tactically, he's exceptional. He's really good at player development. He plays a very entertaining style of football. He's just a really good manager. He did great work at Braga, though he was only there for three months. Um, won 77% of his games. He's won over 70% at Sporting. Uh, at Braga, he guided them to the League Cup, though he did leave before the final. So I suppose technically, well, he was he was the manager for most of the competition. Uh, he's also won the League Cup twice at Sporting. So... He's won it the last three years, basically. And he won the league title with Sporting as well, which was an incredible achievement, considering they go up against Benfica, they go up against... Um, they go up against Benfica, they go up against Porto, um, who have much bigger budgets than them. For them to win that title was was incredible. He's developed Matthias Nunez, Polina, Manuel Ugarte, Pedro Concalves, Marcus Edwards, uh, Ignacio, the centre-back, done exceptionally well, Pedro Porro, Nuno Mendes, all of these players owe where they are in the game right now to him. So, you know, if he can get to Villa and work similar magic with the likes of Jacob Ramsey and Bubakar Kamara and get Ezri Konza back, Ezri Konza perfect for three. That Villa team is... Not ideal for three, but there's a number of players that fit really, really well. The goalkeeper will be fine regardless. Mings will be better in a three than a four. You still don't want Tyron Mings in your team, but in the short term should be okay. Bednarak fits really well in the middle of a three. Now, again, he wouldn't be the long-term solution, but not bad in the short term. Luka Dina, ideal wing-back, much more a wing-back than a full-back. 
I think Maddie Cash will thrive as a wing back because he's a former winger. Now, he needs to work on the attacking side of his game, which was, funnily enough, his strength at Forest. He's had a complete 360, uh, 180, yeah, 180, where he, at Forest, had issues defensively and was really good going forward. At Villa, he's been really good defensively and has issues going forward. Um, Kamara and Douglas Louise should be a very good pairing in that midfield. Den Donker obviously will fit well. John McGinn can play a role. Shouldn't be too big of a role, but you can play a role. I, I'd probably look to buy a long-term partner for Kamara, but should be fine. Uh, Ramsey, really good fit as one of the two behind the striker. Wendia, good fit as one of the two behind the striker. I think Watkins could play one of those roles behind a striker. You've got Watkins and Ings as nines. I'd be looking to buy a nine. Though he has this season often used a false nine in Marcus Edwards. Um, I wonder would he be interested in bringing in Edwards to play with Ramsey, say, behind uh, a Watkins? That could be interesting. But yeah, if, if Villa get him, they should be really excited. I saw some weapon at the weekend say he didn't want Ruben Amram because he'd never heard of him. And that the best manager that Villa could get was Brendan Rodgers. Just mind-numbing stuff. Absolutely mind-numbing stuff. Um, Brentford then, they are 10th in the league. They'll be disappointed with the result and the performance. Uh, Wolves at home next, then Forest away. Gillingham in the Cup. And then City. The next two games are absolutely winnable for them, as is Gillingham, obviously. City away is going to be really tough. But, you know, get your... Get four or six points in the next two and you can be happy out. You don't need to worry about what happens against City. Uh, moving on then to our next game, which is Southampton 1, Arsenal 1. Uh, very much a game of two halves. Arsenal dominant in the first half. Granit Xhaka scored after 11 minutes and looked like Arsenal would run away with it. But in the second half, completely different Southampton turned up and kind of bullied Arsenal to an extent. Stuart Armstrong getting the goal there to equalise and bring them back into it. Um, great result for Southampton. As me and Guy have said, they're really weird and nothing they do makes sense. So them getting a point against Arsenal is sort of expected. Now, Southampton are 15th in the league. They're now three games unbeaten, which is a really good turnaround after. I think it was four straight defeats. Hopefully some of the pressure is lifting on Ralph. Uh, Palace away next, Newcastle at home, Sheffield Wednesday in the Cup, and then Liverpool away. Um, so no doubt they will lose to Palace, beat Newcastle and beat Liverpool. That's the most Southampton thing possible. Or maybe draw with Newcastle and beat Liverpool. But I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they did pick up, uh, again, four points from those three games. Um, Arsenal still top that's their first draw of the season but they will be really disappointed I think in that one um, they've got their powder puff Europa League group they've got PSV away and FC Zurich at home remaining in between those games they play Forest at home then they go to Chelsea and that will be tough and then it is Brighton at home in the cup 
followed by Wolves away. And that one might be more difficult then than it looks like it will be now. Their run coming, <coughs> excuse me, coming out of the World Cup is really tough. West Ham at home, Brighton away, Newcastle home, Spurs away, United home. That's going to be really tough. They've also, I believe, got to find a, a weekend to play Manchester City somewhere in there as well. So, um, yeah, that's not going to be fun. Not going to be fun. Their April won't be fun either. Away to Liverpool, away to Arsenal, away to City, home to Chelsea. That's going to be really tough, especially if they're still in Europe at that point. That's where you'll start. I, I think they're going to start dropping points once we return after the World Cup break, but I think that's where the semi-collapse will happen. Um, and that's where I think they may, may, end up, may end up missing out on top four. But for them to miss out on top four, everyone else will have to get their act together. And moving on then to Leeds 2, Fulham 3. Leeds just can't defend. Now, he dropped... Lorente, after a bit of a horror show last week, Liam Cooper came in and was just awful. Um, Leeds went one up through Rodrigo Moreno. Mitrovic equalised. Bobby Reid put them three, two one up. Willian put them three one up. Somerville scored in the 91st minute to put a bit of respectability on it. But Leeds were just hopeless. Hopeless. Things are looking a bit grim for Jesse Marsh now. Four defeats in a row, 18th in the league, level and points with the team who are bottom of the league. They go to Liverpool next. Then it's Bournemouth at home, and that is the most must-win of any must-win game there will be in the remaining games for the World Cup break. Because after that, they go to Wolves for the Cup, whatever. Then it's Tottenham away. And then their start back after the World Cup is City at home, Newcastle away, West Ham at home. So they've really got to beat Bournemouth. They've really got to beat Bournemouth. Uh, Fulham, they're seventh. Seventh in the league. Fulham. Tough three games coming up, though. Everton home should be a win. Then City away. And they're going to lose that game. But Mitrovic, if he's fit enough and can play all three... Mitrovic will, and, and given they've only got one game a week because they're out of the cup, Mitrovic will cause City some problems just by being enormous. And then it's United at home in a game I'm I'm just looking forward to. Really looking forward to that one. But Fulham can be very, very proud of what they've accomplished so far. I mean, they always say 40 points guarantees you survival. Well, they're on 18 after 12 games. They've got 26 games left to get 22 points. And Marco Silva is right now the manager of the year, without a shadow of a doubt. I don't want to hear about Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe spent $240 million in the last two transfer windows. Marco Silva brought a team up from the championship and is only three points behind them. Final game then. Tottenham won, Newcastle 2. Callum Wilson opened the scoring it looked like a foul on Lloris. It, it looked like a foul, but it wasn't given, and fair enough. 
bit of physicality in the game is not a bad thing. Um, on 40 minutes, Miguel Almiron, who, if there was a most improved player award in the Premier League, Miguel Almiron will be running away with it this year because he has been exceptional. He's got six goals in 12 league games. That's his best league tally for the tune so far. Uh, he's only two shy of his best overall tally for the tune, which was eight in 42 games in the 1920 season. He has beaten his tally for last season and the season before. Uh, and he seems to just love scoring great goals. So credit to him. Look, he's always been clearly a very talented player. It's just that Steve Bruce is an idiot. I mean, they had Jolington and Almiron when Bruce was there and he was wasting both of them. Now, credit to Eddie Howe, changing Jolington back into midfield was an inspired move. But Jolington was more always of an attacking midfielder, false nine type anyway. So you've just moved him a little deeper and got more involved in the game. But Almiron, it's all confidence with him. And what he is doing is exceptional. He, right now, is their second best player after Bruno Gomerich, who, by the way, was ridiculously good in that game. Ridiculously good. Uh, credit to the tune as well for, you know, holding out. Spurs got one back on 54. You felt like the equaliser would come, but Newcastle managed to hold out and credit to them. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Jack Grealish. Uh, Jack Grealish, who said Maras played like Almiron to slag off both players, I suppose. Um, you have one goal in 11 appearances this season. You're coming off a season of six goals in 38 games. Well, Miguel Almiron is playing significantly better than you significantly better has the same amount of goals as you over the last season and a bit uh in less games it's worth pointing out in less games he's played 44 you've played 49 um he is playing a much more important role in his team than you are you are if anything a net negative in your team uh i don't care how many times you win free kicks or dribble aimlessly into the corner of the box, only to lose the ball. Um, Miguel Almiron right now is playing better than Jack Grealish, which is hilarious. Uh, but not not all that surprising. Genuinely. Not all that surprising. I mean, Jack Grealish's biggest ability is his ability to win free kicks. Because he dives a lot. Simple as that. Um, right. Newcastle fourth in the league. Coming up for them, Villa home, Southampton away, Palace in the cup, Chelsea home. Tough enough run because Villa might have a new manager. Southampton are just weird, and Chelsea's going to be tough. But in the form they're in, they'll be confident enough of picking up, you know, six seven points from those games. Uh, they only lost once all season. Now, their run of wins obviously has come lately. Before that, they've won four of their last five. Before that, they won one of seven. So, you know. Spurs, sporting in the Champions League in the week. Then Bournemouth away. Marseille away in the Champions League. Liverpool in the league. 
Forest away in the cup and then Leeds at home. Um, they've got to at the very least win the Bournemouth and Leeds games. They've got to win those games. And they could do with, you know, winning one of the Champions League games and making sure they go through. But they've got to win the Bournemouth and Leeds games. Um, breaking news. Middlesbrough have announced Michael Carrick as their new manager, the former West Ham, Spurs and Manchester United midfielder who has been on the coaching staff at United for a number of years and was linked with this job now for the last couple of weeks. Um, finally appointed at the second time of asking. I, I hope he does well. He is the type of player I could see doing well as a manager because he was a very intelligent player. Thought about the game quite deeply. I think the style of football he would want to play would probably be quite attractive. Um, I like that he's taken a championship job. Now, it is it is a big championship club at Middlesbrough, but I like that he has, you know, dropped down a division. I think his... Uh, Former international teammate Stephen Gerrard could learn a lot there, but yeah, I hope I hope it goes really well because I like I like Carrick, I like liked him as a player, and I've always had a soft spot for Burris since they cup the first time, and you know they brought in Nicky Barmby and Janino and then Emerson and Ravinelli and it, they they were just always a lot of fun and uh, I like Steve Gibson I think he's one of the good guys in football so yeah hopefully it works out. I think the Premier League is a bit better when Burr are up as well. Um, right, we'll take a break. When we come back, I think it's just the gossip and we'll be done. See you in a sec. Right, welcome back. So we just have three days of gossip to catch up on. I think that'll do us for the day. Uh, Manchester United are considering releasing Cristiano Ronaldo on a free transfer after he was suspended internally for refusing to come on as a sub against Tottenham. Um, it's probably the right thing for everybody just to release him, bit him off, because what's the point? He's just an enormous distraction at this point. Like, even all the coverage around the game against Chelsea, all the coverage of their win over Spurs was just about him, which is what he wants. All he cares about is that he's the centre of attention. The Red Devils may move for Joao Felix as his replacement. That would make absolutely no sense. Sporting Lisbon manager Ruben Amram is on Aston Villa shortlist. Yada, yada. Um, Brentford are braced for an approach from Villa for Danish manager Thomas Frank. It looks like Frank will stay regardless. Arsenal are interested in Evan and Dicke. This one's been doing the rounds. The agent of Erling Haaland has welcomed the possibility of the Norway International signing a new deal at the club. A new deal. Because the current deal that pays him 865 grand a week just isn't quite enough. Isn't quite enough. That is hilarious. Uh, the same agent has hinted he could become the world's first one billion. That's garbage nonsense. Chelsea one billion pound transfer. Would you behave yourself? If, if it ever gets to that point, let's just let's just end the sport because that is that's just disgusting. Um, Chelsea, Liverpool, and Manchester United are ready, ready to make a move for Frankie De Jong. Could he choose to leave Barcelona in January? 
Wolf Zaha could reject new contract talks with Palace as he looks to secure a free a free transfer to a top six club. Hmm. Liverpool, Paris Saint-Germain, Real Madrid and Barcelona are monitoring the progress of Borussia Dortmund's 17-year-old Germany under-21 forward, Yusafa Makoko. A very talented player. Doesn't seem to have kicked on the way he was expected to over the last 12 months. I could be wrong on that. Now, he's, he's super talented, but from where he was 12 months ago to where he is now, I just don't see much of a difference. But again, as I've said before, Development's not linear. It takes players different amounts of time. Um, Barcelona have been offered the chance to sign Ruben Neves. This comes out every couple of days, and I just don't ever believe it. Tottenham are considering a January move for Weston McKenney. You are allowed buy from other clubs other than Juventus. Uh, Diogo Delo, who has the best agent in football, by the way, is a transfer target for Real Madrid. This guy's agent is, is busy. Chelsea are interested in Cristiano Ronaldo. I've said before, one of the reasons Tuchel got the, the boot is because he wouldn't ex- he wouldn't accept Cristiano at the club. Uh, Potter might. It would be a disaster. Former Manchester United captain Roy Keane says players have done a lot worse at the club um, as he defends Cristiano. Roy Keane is too close to the situation. And yeah, players have done worse, but what Cristiano did was a disgrace and he was right, it was right that he was suspended. Um... United have received no interest in Ronaldo despite making him available on a free transfer. Piers Morgan says he tur- says Cristiano turned down a £130 million offer to play in Saudi Arabia last summer. Not sure why he's getting the credit for that. That was widely reported last summer. Um, Manchester City are looking at Napoli's Georgian player Kavicha. The 21-year-old has been dubbed the new Georgie King Kladze. I've never, ever, ever heard him call that. Ever. And I'm assuming this is lazy journalism because City had King Kladze and he was arguably their best player at that time. Um, Super individual player, but not not much for passing. Um, Former England striker Darren Bent says Stephen Gerrard could be a contender to become the new England manager. Just let that one sink in there. Thomas Frank says he's unfinished business at Brentford, so he's going to stay. Um, Manchester United have joined Liverpool in the race for 10 million rated Colombian Ford, Jon Duran from Chicago Fire. West Brom have held talks with Liam uh, Rossinger. Now it's... What's the fella's name? He was the Huddersfield manager last season. He's the new favourite. I think he might be the new guy. Corboran. Corboran, yeah. Carlos Corboran. He looks like he's the guy who's going to become the new West Brom manager. Um, Which you would hope it goes better than his stint at Olympiacos, which was a disaster. But he did well at Huddersfield. In credit to him. The first season was bad. The second season he did really well. Um, so we'll see how he does at West Brom. Big club, big expectations there. Newcastle are preparing to spend £25 million to sign Leandro Trossard in January. He'll cost more than that. His his contract is not out in 2023. 
he has there's a club option for 2024, and some Brighton fans believe there's a club option for 2025 as well. But even if it's 2024, with 18 months left, they're going to want 40 million. Uh, Tottenham could be prepared to make a 43 million pound bid for Alessandro Bastoni. I mean, if you want to get laughed at, you could do that. The agency who represent Nigeria defender Calvin Bassi says his summer move to Ajax Rangers was better for his development than joining Arsenal. Okay. Probably. Plays more regularly. Uh, Liverpool leading the race for Makoko. Uh, Eric Ten Hag is willing to let Cristiano leave in January. Todd Bowley is a buffoon. Uh, it doesn't actually say that, but that's the, the gist of what it says. Um, Arsenal have cooled their interest in Evan and Dicker after handing a new long-term deal to Gabriel. They need Ndicca as a backup, not as a starter. Aston Villa will have to pay €10 million Euro to appoint Ruben Amram. I would be surprised if it's not a bit higher, because Sporting paid €10 million Euro to get him from Braga. Former Tottenham boss Tim Sherwood says, uncertainty over the future of Antonio Conte is preventing Kane and Son from signing new deals. If I'm not mistaken, Son signed a new deal a year ago, but I do agree it probably is a factor with Kane. Uh, I will also say that Tim Sherwood is an idiot, and if anyone saw him on TalkSport picking his 11 for the World Cup, absolute shambles. And you can see why he's not a football manager anymore. Absolutely shambolic team. Group stage exit type of team. Uh, Hassan Salahamsic says Harry Kane is one of the best players in the world. Chelsea could offer Hakim Ziyech in a player plus cash deal for Adrian Rabiot. I don't know why they'd do that. Uh, Chelsea are interested in signing Denzel Dumfries. I don't think you should be spending thirty million on a backup right back, but given Reese James gets hurt a lot, maybe it's not a bad idea now. Edwin Van der Sar says he told. Arsenal, the Dutch club, would not be selling Lissandra Martinez uh, just weeks before he joined Manchester United. Well, this, this is a complete reworking of history from Edwin van der Sar. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain are set to offer Sergio Ramos a new deal. I'm not sure why. He's been largely dreadful there. Brentford, Bournemouth and Rangers are all interested in Blackpool's English striker, Jerry Yates. Last season, he had a good year in League One. And he's... No, sorry, in the Championship. Sorry, two years ago, he had a good season in League One. Last season, he struggled a bit with the with the Championship and found it a little bit too quick for him, a little bit too physical for him. Blackpool, Blackpool I should say, um, have made a decent enough fist of it this year and he's got eight goals in 16 games they're playing a lot more to his strengths and getting him in far better opportunities and better positions than they were last year so I, I could see him doing well he'd certainly do well in Scotland I think he'd score for fun in Scotland I could see him doing well alongside a Solanke. But I suppose primarily maybe as a backup to Solanke, he'd be a really good backup to Ivan Tony, who could also play with Tony. 
So I think Brentford makes a lot of sense for him. But we do just need to we do just need to see if if he can sustain this. And would he struggle coming up coming up to the Premier League the way he did last season's championship? They'd be the, the doubts over him. Uh Rafael Varan could be fit for the World Cup as his hamstring injury is not as bad as frustrated. We don't know what his hamstring injury is as yet. So that's that is poor reporting from ESPN because he hasn't had a scan yet. Now it's Julian Laurent, so maybe he's heard it directly from um from Varane that maybe it's not as bad or as painful, but he won't have had a scan yet, so we'll have to wait and see. Former Everton defender John Joe Kenny says he rejected a new deal with the Toffees because he had to leave England to continue his development with Hertha Berlin last summer. Um, fair, I suppose. I suppose, yeah, you can, like, to, for me, I think he really enjoyed life at Schalke. And I think he just wanted to go back to Germany. That's the, the feeling I got from when I saw him being interviewed. Um, he's been a regular for Hertha this season. Now, they've not been great, but they're in mid-table. They did string together a good run of draws, but only one win thus far this season. Did they win the weekend? They might have won yes. They won yesterday, didn't they? They did. They did. So, um, yeah. Look, I give credit to players, English players, that make the move abroad. I think it's it's brave and it's it's a good decision. Gary Lineker says the Foxes have struck gold again with fifteen million summer signing. Wood phase. Now he played well at the weekend, but he has had some outrageous stinkers in the early days. So let's not get carried away after one game. It looks like he could be good, but let's wait and judge him after 20 games, you know, or a run of 10 good games in a row or something like that. Um, teams teams, and fans, more to the point, rushing to pat themselves on the back over player having one good game is always funny, especially when they've had stinkers before that. Um, right, that'll do me. I'm done for the day, folks. I will see you all tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.